everyone and welcome back to ELP's podcast series. My name is Parthasarathy Jha and I'm your host for this session. In this session, we'll continue our discussion on BIS. Joining us today is Nagam Gai, Senior Associate at ELP. Nagam is a young and promising trade lawyer who has been working with various multinational corporations on non-tariff barriers, including BIS, uh, BIS issues. Welcome on board, Nagam. Thanks, Parth. Happy to be here. Okay, let's begin then. Nagam, last time around, we covered certain key issues with respect to BIS with Sanjay. As a next step, can you please elaborate us how do how does producers actually go around taking this BIS license in India? Thanks, Bart. Uh, so the first and foremost thing that producers need to do is to acquaint themselves with the latest BIS standard that is applicable to their product. This is because the requirements of that BIS standard both in terms of the testing methodologies as well as the product specifications need to be met to the T for a license to be granted. Unfortunately, there is little to no flexibility to producers in this respect. So the first thing that we advise all our clients to do is to grab a copy of the relevant BIS standard. These are available on the BIS's website, sit down with their technical and quality control teams and ensure that the standards can be met. The second thing that foreign manufacturers in particular must do before applying is to identify the authorized Indian representative or the AIR. Now the AIR is a critical person because they are essentially representing the manufacturer before the BIS and are also held civilly and criminally liable should there be any violations of the BIS Act or the terms and conditions of the BIS license. The AIR also has access to a lot of information, including with respect to the manufacturing processes and also has access to the entire application dossier. Therefore, it's critical to appoint a person that is trusted as the AIR. Well, that's interesting. So how does one go about finding this authorized Indian representative or NAIR, what you call, particularly when you have uh, so many risks, both civil and criminal attached with NAIR? So to begin with, there are some minimum requirements that the AIR must meet. Firstly, the AIR has to be an Indian citizen. And secondly, they must be at least a graduate by qualification. Outside of these two requirements, potentially anyone can be an AIR. Ordinarily, when a foreign manufacturer has an Indian branch or an office or a subsidiary in India, an individual from that branch office is usually appointed as the AIR. Sometimes we've also seen a related importer or even an unrelated importer serving as the AIR. But often it does happen that manufacturers do not have any offices in India or any relevant contacts even. And this is where consultants like ELP step in And we are different from the others in this respect because we screen individuals to be potential AIRs that are professionally qualified and also ensure that all the information that's provided to the AIR remains confidential during the process of the license through appropriate non-disclosure requirements and agreements. Of course, ultimately, the choice is up to the manufacturer and uh, we are bound by the client's preference and instructions. Uh, Coming to the question of risk, which is a very important question. In most cases, a cross indemnity can take care of any concerns regarding the civil liability. With criminal liability, on the other hand, it's a bit of a different issue. But there are only a few rare instances under the BIS Act that actually attract criminal liability. For example, affixing a standard mark to goods that don't actually conform to the BIS standards. So when you see that a company is professional and is bound by a code of ethics, it's very unlikely that they would engage in such acts. 
Understood. That's that. That's interesting. Uh, uh, but okay, once we have uh, an AIR and the companies have you know uh, acquainted themselves with the technical requirements, what happens next? What is the next step in the process? So the process thereafter is essentially making the application, which consists of a series of forms and documents that provide relevant details about the manufacturing uh, premises and testing requirements. So there is a list of documents that are required which are the manufacturing machinery list and process, testing facilities, equipment, quality, uh, details of the quality control personnel, details of the raw materials that you're using, and ultimately the test reports that show that you're conforming to the BIS standard. Uh, there are certain other documents as well. All of this is available on the BIS's website. And all this information has to be submitted to the BIS in a hard copy. While for domestic manufacturers, there's a simplified uh, procedure in place where you can make the applications online. Presently, there's no such uh, procedure for the foreign manufacturers. Though we understand that it is in development, we do anticipate that this should take a substantial amount of time before it's rolled out. And after the application is made, the BIS often comes back with additional questions or comments on the application. Producers have a reasonable period of around 30 days to respond. Uh, once all of that is completed, a scientist is appointed, a BIS-appointed scientist, to conduct a physical audit of the factory and the premises. Now, this audit takes place over a two-day time period, wherein the scientist goes over the entire manufacturing process and understands the machinery that's in place. He meets with the QC personnel. He has the tests conducted in his presence. And after all of this is complete, he'll also seal a sample parallelly to be sent to India to be tested in a BIS accredited lab. Once parallel testing is completed, the BIS will forward the entire application to the Ministry of Chemicals uh, or uh, another line ministry as is applicable for their approval upon which the license will be granted. Licensees are required then to enter into an agreement with BIS and also to furnish a $10,000 bank guarantee as indemnification. That's wow. the overview of the process. Wow, that sounds like a like a quite a long tedious process. But once the license is granted, are the producers good for foreseeable future to export their goods to India, or they still need to make regular compliance? Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't end the process here. There are certain other requirements that need to be met throughout the uh, the period in which the license is valid. So, a license is usually granted only for a period of one year, after which it can be renewed for up to five years. During the duration of the license as well, there are certain uh, compliance requirements that have to be met. For example, foreign producers have to submit consignment-wise details to the BIS on the Manak online portal before they ship the product to India. Further, if there are any changes in the quality control or in the manufacturing process, they have to be communicated in a timely manner to the BIS. So overall, the process has several aspects that need to be taken into account even after the license is granted. And so what is usually advisable is for producers to have a dedicated contact point with whom all these requirements can be taken care of and to also train the in-house personnel as to what these requirements are. And this is very important so that there aren't any violations of the terms and conditions of the license or the act that could potentially attract penalties or liabilities for producers. Understood. Uh, so, Nagam, there's one question. Uh, in your experience, uh, has there been uh, situations where BIS has not responded in time 
or VISs prolong the whole process? Because given the experience which we have with Indian agencies and regulatory bodies, it's not very surprising. And often we see that uh, the regulators or the agencies are not forthcoming. Uh, so what, how has been your experience in, uh, you know, getting licenses uh, for your clients? So ordinarily, the process of certification is quite clear cut. Unfortunately, in the recent past, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, there have been certain delays and there is quite a significant backlog of applications at the PIS, which unfortunately can't be helped. But um, given that uh, BIS is a government uh, entity, uh, we do see certain delays from time to time. And the manner in which to manage these, these delays would be to make sure that everything is done from the producer's end so that the BIS does not come back with additional questions, that they do not have any deficiency memo that's issued on your application. So making sure that you have everything in place and uh, before you file the application can really speed it along. And at the same time, having a strong lobby of your customers in India and as also with your importers in India to ensure that the uh, timely extensions are granted where required from the concerned line ministries is also something that's very important. Understood. Uh, but what potential remedies uh, an exporter may have if uh, BIS has not been uh, uh, following the rule book in terms of granting license? Uh, do they have any remedies in India or otherwise? So ordinarily, um, under the BIS Act, there are certain appellate procedures that are available, but those arise only in specific situations wherein, for instance, you've not been granted your license or despite meeting the requirements or um, there has been some order that's been taken against you by the BIS. But um, ordinarily, we would advise uh, clients to uh, do their best to uh, meet all the requirements and uh, follow all the procedures. Once they've done that, there should not be any issues. If there are issues, of course, there is always uh, recourse to um, perhaps diplomatic intervention by their embassies where required. And also, of course, the courts in India are also available as a source of recourse in case there are any violations as such thanks nagam for this overview and uh you know information which you have shared thank you for your time and i hope that our listeners find this information useful as always elp remains available to assist them if anyone has any questions with further questions with respect to bis process in india we'll be happy to respond to those questions you can write your questions to us at parthsha at elp-in.com or nagam gai at elp-in.com. Thank you very much.